0: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Pitts. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's Let's go go to court. court.
1: On this episode, I'll talk about a wealthy family who had the worst
0: luck. And I'll be talking about the kidnapping of Mary McElroy. What is up with you and kidnappings? I got to get back on the kidnapping train. (laughs) Love the kidnappings. (laughs) Taking a break from stabbings. Uh-huh. Doing some kidnappings. Although, if I remember right, haven't there been <laughs> I some... I was like, you know, the, you know if, if if there was a Venn diagram, <laughs> we've got kidnappings over here, uh-huh. stabbings over here, there has been a small section in the uh-huh. middle where the two overlap. Yeah, I'm not letting you get away with this, <laughs> oh, oh, I decided to not do a stabbing.
1: Like, no, you did a child stabbing, which is like... <laughs>
0: Okay, well, let me tell you that in today's episode, Mm -hmm. there's no stabbings. Nobody's disemboweled. Nobody's stuffed with rags. Nobody's eyelids are sewn open. Okay, the
1: eyelids sewn open. (laughs) It's
0: horrible. I don't know why of all that. but That was the worst. It was the worst. I agree. Are you ready? I am very ready. To hear about an old timey kidnapping. Yes. Always. Back to the, I told you last week I had to take a little break from the kidnapping, but I would bring it back around, and here we are back in 1933. Hell yes. Okay, (laughs) go, go, go. Okay, so I pulled heavily um, for this episode from an article by Mara Boveson mm -hmm, for the (laughs) New York Daily News, and an article by Stephen C. Haynes and Richard D. Rawls for the Kansas City Star, as well as articles from kchistory.org and The Examiner. Um, we both pulled from Casey history this oh, week. Oh, that's funny. Yes. Interesting. So let me tell you one thing. This guy that wrote the can was one of the writers for the Kansas City Star offer. His name is Richard D. Rawls. Uh-huh. But my computer wants to correct it to Richard D. Balls, which would be <laughs> the terrible <laughs> worst name on the planet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> If only he'd been Richard and (laughs) Dick and Balls. (laughs) We are 12. We are 12. (laughs) But let's be honest, that's what you tune into this podcast for. That's right. Everybody likes that 12-year-old humor. (laughs) Listen to 12-year-olds talk about horrible things. Okay, well, that sounds creepy when you say it that way, Kristen. (laughs) Okay, it's Saturday, May 27th, 1933. Hedda Christensen was working as a maid at the McElroy Home at 57th and Main in Kansas City, Missouri. A little bit. Yes. So not that far from where we are right now. No. (laughs) Around 1030 a.m., the doorbell rang and when Hedda answered it she hold was, on is
1: the home still standing it is oh, uh.
0: I actually the so the original article that I pulled from listed the exact address that this happened at and so uh-huh. I googled it last night and it's still standing it's beautiful oh my god amazing yes <laughs> can you tell me the address Um, it is I think it's 21 something 57th street I think I'm excited 21 West 57th street and it's the one that's kind of, like, light gray in the street view, if you see that. Ooh. Yeah, it's really, a, it's a beautiful that's house. That's very pretty. Yes.
1: Um, yeah, I know exactly where this is. Okay. <laughs> that is very close. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Holy crap.
1: <laughs> that is so crazy. Okay.
0: Okay. Go on. So... Um, around 1030 a.m., the doorbell rang, and when Hedda answered it, she was greeted by two men who said they had a delivery for the little girl. As Hedda unlatched the door to explain to the men that no little girl lived there, one of the men pulled out a sawed-off shotgun oh, no. and demanded that she let them inside. After forcing their way into the home, the men again asked Hedda where the little girl was And she blurted out that Mary McElroy, the daughter of her employer, was upstairs in the bathtub. The men climbed the stairs and banged on the bathroom door and told Mary to come out. Startled, Mary let out a scream and then informed the men that she would not come out until she had been given time to get properly dressed.
1: How old was Mary?
0: Ma'am, I have not revealed that information yet. If you could, am I too eager today? Can you keep your fucking pants on?
1: I can't. I'm so excited (laughs) that we both did old timey Kansas City ones,
0: (laughs) not planned. So she says, "I'm not coming out until you give me time to dry off and get properly dressed." This is someone who has not been kidnapped before, and the men said, "Okay," they gave her the time. When the door (laughs) opened, a short time later. They were shocked to see 25-year-old Mary McElroy. They had been expecting a child. Nevertheless, they informed her that they were kidnapping her, ushered her to the car, had her lay on the floorboard, and put a blanket over her. As they were leaving the house, they told Hedda to wait 15 minutes and then call her boss, Mary's father, and let him know what had gone on. She watched helplessly as they drove off with Mary. Whoa. Mary's father was Henry F. McElroy, city manager of Kansas City, Missouri. His friends called him Judge. At the time of Mary's kidnapping, he was one of the most powerful political figures in Kansas City. Henry McElroy had moved to Kansas City from Chicago in 1895 at the age of 30. In 1922, he secured an appointment as judge of the Western District of Jackson County Court, which was an administrative position, not a legal one. Oh, okay. Um, And in 1926, he was hired as city manager, which was a new position recently approved by voters. In his capacity as city manager, he did some pretty notable things for the development of Kansas City. McElroy brought kansas city the municipal airport which is the downtown wheeler Whoa, airport okay in 1927 he eliminated tolls on two bridges over the missouri river and enacted a 10-year plan of public improvements that resulted in the construction of a new city hall the jackson county courthouse the municipal auditorium and the paving of the brush creek stream bed Holy shit. Yes. So these are things that are still around.
1: Everyone who's not in Kansas City right now is like,
0: who cares? Yes. (laughs) But But all of those things are still around. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mary was born in 1907, and after her mother died in 1920, she took it upon herself to take care of her father. They had an extremely close bond, and Mary continued to live with him into adulthood. She accompanied her father to events regularly and spoke proudly about all he was accomplishing for the city. Yeah. Mary was described as a tall, big boned, <laughs> plain looking woman with large eyes, a wide mouth, but a radiant smile. <laughs> <laughs> she was ugly as sin, but man, was man she happy. <laughs> I saw a picture of her. She wasn't that bad looking. She was fine. They never are. When you read the descriptions, you're like, oh, this poor thing. Oh, my. She was her father's shadow and the apple of his eye. And on that day in 1933, when Henry McElroy received the call from his housekeeper that Mary had been kidnapped, he rushed home to await instructions from the kidnappers as instructed. Mm Mm-hmm. After putting Mary in the back of their car, the kidnappers drove west from the plaza, which yeah. country called Plaza, which is a shopping area not far from here uh-huh. <laughs> across the state line and down the wyandotte Johnson County line to a farmhouse about two miles north of Shawnee and took Mary to the basement. So the translation here is that they drove from your house to my house) <laughs> 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 Could you see those gears going yes. in my head too? I'm like, oh, okay, wow, yeah, that's nuts! It is nuts, super crazy. <laughs> so they took Mary to the basement, and there she met two more men who chained her left arm to a basement wall and instructed her to write a ransom note with her right hand. And so, I think this is interesting and I'm guessing that there like one of two reasons here. Mm-hmm. The first would be to prove that Mary was alive. Yeah. The second is that maybe these men couldn't read and write. Oh. Yeah, maybe. They're criminals in the 20s, so 30s, I guess. Who knows what the real reason is, but they make her write the ransom note. They had other skills, okay? <laughs> During her captivity, she was treated with the utmost respect and made... Well, except
1: for chained to the wall. And
0: made as comfortable as possible. They kept the place clean and well lit. They um, even provided her with a fan and a radio and made sure that the radio was in reach of her to be able to adjust it. Uh Uh-huh. And they apologized for having to chain her up. What? Um. Yeah. And soon... All five of them began to laugh and get along. Oh, my God. Mary joked to the men that she would recommend them as kidnappers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like her. That's true. funny. And they returned the compliment saying they'd recommend her as a kidnapping victim. Oh, God. This story is so weird. Yes. What? (laughs) When she was helping them pin the ransom note, and they told her they were demanding $60,000 in ransom stop did she recommend more she laughed and said i'm worth more than that <laughs> what <laughs> yes um Note here, uh-huh. sixty thousand dollars in nineteen thirty-three oh, okay. was the off. Uh-huh. would be the equivalent of eight hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars today. Yeah, well, I don't care about prices <laughs> adjusted for question. No and I for do. that calculation I used that great link that Dustin sent <laughs> us on Twitter. Yeah, so in what episode was that? Episode sixteen. Sixteen, yes. Where
1: I had a bunch of figures from an old timey case and you were like, I would like the numbers adjusted for inflation. Yes. And I was like, sorry, lady no we had Angie reach out to us on Facebook and Angie actually did the homework she did she She did the math for us and then (laughs) Dustin reached out on Twitter was like here's an inflation calculator yes anyway we'll see if I used it for this episode
0: (laughs) so she laughed at that amount and said I'm worth more than that but they kept that amount in the the ransom note
1: do you think she was just trying to be fun I do yeah get them to like her
0: yeah Yeah, I do Um, McElroy received the ransom letter by special messenger later that day. It set out the amount of the ransom instructions not to involve the police or media and said that a phone call with instructions would follow. When the call came, McElroy told them that he only had $30,000 and the caller hung up. Oh, Okay. First of all, what? No bargaining over the ransom. Right? you got to figure out how to get $60,000. Randy, you don't get to be super rich by just <laughs> gi- saying, giving in to the first offer. like <laughs> when your daughter's life is on the line, right? Well, what if she's just some tall, big bone thing? <laughs> With a wide mouth and big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. What the hell? So the, call, the kidnappers hung up the phone. Yeah. The next morning, the kidnappers called back. And they agreed to the discounted ransom. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, even that was for like the equivalent of four hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars well, yeah, today. Yeah, it's
1: nothing to sneeze at. But I would think that, <laughs> like, at that point, you've got the power. You've hung up. Yeah, you're like, okay, and we've and got like, your daughter. we got your
0: daughter. We'll go down to fifty thousand. You got it. There's got to be some negotiation. Yeah. you don't just agree. So, we would be such good kidnappers. We'd be excellent kidnappers. <laughs> the best. Look out, wealthy Kansas City people with kids. <laughs> so, McElroy was instructed to drive with the money to a bluff overlooking the Kaw River, which we call yeah. the Kansas River. Yeah. <laughs> but it, there, two men with masks and guns were waiting to take the money. McElroy handed it over and then went home to await his daughter's safe return. Hmm. The deal was that they were not bringing her there because Uh-oh. I don't like he that. He could bring police, you know, whatever. He had to arrive alone. I think he actually took his son with him, but either way, no no police were supposed to be involved and okay. he the money was supposed to be wrapped in newspaper and he was just supposed to hand it over. And he followed all of that. Okay, he and did. I forget.
1: Did they did they tell him no police at any yes. time and
0: he agreed to that? Yes. Okay. I think one article that I read said that he did get police involvement, um, but made them stay back. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we're going to record the serial numbers of the ransom and all of that. Yeah. But we're not going to get involved in the handoff. You go alone. We don't want to risk her life. You know, whatever. OK. Yeah. So they were somewhat involved, but they were not present at the handoff. A few hours after the handoff, Mary stepped out of a car at the Milburn Country Club in Overland Park. So this um, this country club is still there. It's like in Old Town Overland Park. It actually, like, burned to the ground in 2010. Uh-huh. Um, huge fire. You could see the smoke, like, all over the city. And they rebuilt it and reopened in 2013. But it's been around since, like, I don't know, like. 1911 or 1913 or something like that.
1: Wait I have another question. Yes. The place that they took her where they changed her to the basement yes. is that place still
0: standing? So I tried so hard to find yeah. out where that was I could not I couldn't find an address Brandy, for it. it was your house. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well my house was built in 2004 so. Let's keep dreaming. <laughs> So she's dropped off at this country club in Overland Park. A bandana was wrapped loosely around her eyes, and she held two roses in her hands, a gift from her captors. What? As the car drove away, she pulled off the blindfold and turned to wave. Yeah. (laughs) Reportedly, like when she was reunited with her father, she was like, Daddy, they gave me roses. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I am guessing that this was a old maid in this day and age who had not received a lot of positive attention from men.
1: Okay. I am glad you're going down this road. (laughs) Because my first thought when you said her first thing to her dad was they gave me roses was
0: girlfriend was horny. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So she's reunited with her family, and there was rejoicing around the city as she Uh stood on her front lawn and gave interviews to the media. She was a heroine returned from a great adventure. She was flushed and laughing, and her eyes were bright. Men, old friends of the family, hugged and kissed her. And she cried and laughed. I'm glad I was kidnapped because she loved the attention she was getting. Oh my. When Judge McElroy finally was restored to strength from the whole thing, even to jocularity. So I kept this in here because I pulled it from an article that was written in 1933 and I've never heard that word in my life. It uh-huh. means that he was in a joking mood. <laughs> <gasps> okay. Um, somebody asked him whether he would consent consider his money well spent. Yeah, <laughs> and he said, considering that I had to pay it to get Mary back, I would say yes. If it had been a matter of investing it, I think I could have done much better. <laughs> <laughs> Mary wore the roses given to her by her kidnappers in the lapel of her brown suit when she met with reporters. Oh my. Composed and calm, she said that she had been treated with kindness. True, four men had snatched her from her bath, threatened to shoot her, <laughs> drove her to an abandoned building, and chained her to the wall in a musty cellar for 29 hours. But otherwise, she insisted, they acted like perfect gentlemen. Ha <laughs> And she cited the fact that they had allowed her to get dressed and even put on her makeup and everything before they kidnapped her. And that um, when they had gotten to the cellar, they asked her to undress to prove that she didn't have any weapons or anything Mm -hmm. on her. And she refused. And they said, "Okay." Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, (laughs) that sounds pretty gentlemanly. It does sound pretty gentlemanly. (laughs) And I got to say, it would go a long way for me if someone was like, okay, you can put on the eyeliner and mascara That's before you leave the house.
0: Right. That's absolutely right. Her father and law enforcement officers were less sympathetic. Her father said bluntly, we'll get those birds. <laughs> and county prosecutor AJ Maston added that he would not only get them, but that he'd seek the death penalty.
1: Um, another question. Yes.
0: Did they wear masks
1: the whole time? Or- they
0: So they wore masks when they took her from the home. They had, like, bandanas right, over right. their faces. And they wore masks when they met to take the ransom. Okay. Um, but she saw them without masks on. Mary did oh when they God. were in the cellar. Oh, my God. Okay. So within days, the first suspect was in custody. Walter McGee. Thirty-seven was a truck driver and former convict from Oregon, and he was picked up in Amarillo, Texas, carrying $9,000 in bills with serial numbers that matched those of the ransom money. Man, he got pretty far. He did get pretty far. Under interrogation in Kansas City, McGee first denied everything. Mm -hmm. But a few hours into the questioning, police brought in Henry McElroy, who recognized him as the man who had taken the ransom. Mm -hmm. We've met before, said McElroy. McGee stood up, shook his hand, and broke down. I want to tell everything. I just want to get it over with. He said they'd been planning the kidnapping for a month. They hatched the plan one night when McGee, his brother George, and two other accomplices, Clarence Stevens and Clarence Click, a lot of Clarences back in those days, I guess. And that name sucks. <laughs> it's a terrible name.
1: I wonder what name from our current time people will look back on and be, and like, be
0: like, that's a terrible, yeah, I don't know. Probably Kristen. Shut it.
1: <laughs> 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 I would say Brandy, but
0: you know, that's not common it's enough. It's not common no. enough. <laughs> Kristen, on the other hand, yeah. possibly. That's right. Yeah, so they were, the four of them were drinking in a bar. And talk turned to recent kidnappings because kidnapping for ransom was, like, the thing to do during the 20s and 30s. Although in most of the cases that came to their minds, the kidnappers were caught, yeah. the idea of kidnapping for ransom seemed like a good way to make a quick buck. Okay. And so since uh, Henry McElroy was such a public figure in Kansas City and they knew he had a daughter... They, Wait, they, they planned this for a month, and they didn't bother to figure out, like, how old nope, the daughter they was? they just picked her as their target without actually knowing who she was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you
1: know, okay, in their defense, you just want the money. That's so right. The, it's not like
0: they could Google her. This is true. It's 1933.
1: Are you on their side, too? Did they give you a rose? <laughs>
0: They gave me two roses. I have them here in my lapel. (laughs) I don't get a lot of attention at home. (laughs) McElroy said... No, I'm sorry. McGee said... Uh Uh-huh. We never meant to hurt her. We just wanted an easy payoff. Sure. And they didn't hurt her. Yeah. I mean, they... I imagine that that has to... At some point, she had to be scared. Yeah. And so there is some sort of trauma that happened there. But physically... They didn't hurt her, and she seemed like she was in good spirits. So it seemed like
1: she was even better. Emotional. Yeah,
0: I know. Not long after Walter McGee's confession, police tracked down and arrested George McGee and Clarence Click. It was Clarence's um, farmhouse that they took okay. Mary to in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clarence Stevens, the fourth kidnapper, was never found. <gasps> never whoa yes um i looked him up because i like it um the article i read something like that he hadn't yet been found or something like yeah. that and so i tried to see yeah, if there so was anything like, else okay, about, about him i'm like now? what about now um i found a reddit forum like a uh-huh. reddit thread of a guy who's related to <gasps> him and was like, does anybody have any information about him? He disappeared after this crime and no one's ever heard anything. Oh How would I go God. about finding information? Yeah, he's never been found. Amazing. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. You think he just like changed his name. Yeah. Like someplace
0: else and has a whole other 100%. family. And yeah, because no the, the Reddit um, post said that. I believe it was, like, this: the poster's, like, grandmother's brother. Uh-huh. And he had children and now has living grandchildren and all kinds of stuff. And he just disappeared off the face of the planet.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, I think he totally changed his name and has some other family. And Yes. I yes. mean, he's dead now. But. Well, sure.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, like, yeah. the idea that somebody's yeah. grandpa, great-grandpa out there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is crazy.
0: Um... Prosecutors pegged Walter McGee as the ringleader and sought the death penalty against him. At his trial in July of 1933, against her wishes, Mary testified that Walter was the man who snatched her from her bath two months earlier. Mm -hmm. They made her testify she did not want to, and her dad basically was like, you don't have a choice. You have to testify.
1: Well, and you can be compelled to testify. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And so. Okay, but I don't think
0: he should get the death
1: penalty. I don't either. Well, first of all, I'm anti death penalty, but I mean, come on. Yeah.
0: There was no suspense over the verdict by his own admission and testimony of the victim. McGee was clearly guilty.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But the sentence was a shock. Oh, no. Death by hanging. What? No. Oh. Yep. Eager to send a message in order to reduce the number of kidnappings throughout the country, the DA had pressed for the ultimate penalty. McGee's punishment put him in the history books. He was the first kidnapper to be sentenced to death in the United States.
1: Okay, I get the point about wanting to send a message, but Mm -hmm. of all the cases where you would send a message.
0: Walter was stunned by the sentence. I don't see why anyone should be hanged for a thing like that, he said. And apparently, McGee's opinion was shared by his victim. Mm-hmm. Horrified that her testimony could send a man to his death, she was plagued by nightmares and spent months at a time in hospitals being treated for stress and depression. So the
1: sentencing was more traumatic than the kidnapping. Yes.
0: Oh, yes. Oh
1: gosh.
0: Because she had really just grown close to these kidnappers. And, yeah, she didn't feel terrorized by them. No. Oh, my God. When she was up and about, she frequently visited her kidnappers in jail. Wow. Yeah. And then in February of 1935, Mary hopped on a bus with 20 cents and a pack of cigarettes and disappeared for a while until she was spotted in Illinois and brought back home.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Kansas City Star reporter Conwell Carlson interviewed her after her return, and she said she just had to get away from the city where she was seen as the city manager's kidnapped daughter. Mm -hmm. And she said she was still suffering from nightmares about her kidnapper's fate. I cannot forget them, she said. I cannot get away from feeling for the underdog. Yeah. Yeah. After McGee had exhausted all legal avenues of appeal, Mary picked up the torch. Oh, my gosh. Mary set to work on her powerful father to get the death sentence commuted by the governor of Missouri. Yes. She wasn't a political activist, but she was on the side of the sick and oppressed. She felt that help should come from individuals by means of personal kindness. She had no political reservations about the legal system, and she wasn't actually against the death penalty in general. Mm-hmm. She just felt, in this case, the punishment did not match the crime.
1: I, I understand that, for yes, sure.
0: Yes, she'd been kidnapped, but she'd only been held for 29 hours, she was treated well, and she was unharmed. Her father was opposed to her trying to get this sentence commuted, but eventually, he caved... And they went to see the governor in Jefferson city in her plea for clemency. Mary wrote in pleading for Walter McGee's life. I am pleading for my own peace of mind Mm -hmm. through punishing a guilty man. His victim will be made to suffer equally. He would even have this advantage. He would not have to think about his execution afterwards. I do not forget the suffering this has brought in many ways to many people. Walter McGee's death will not erase or ease that suffering, though. Rather, I believe the mercy shown to him and the feeling of warmth and hope any act of mercy brings will serve as a balm to all. I think it's a pretty good argument. Yeah. That this will be devastating to me. Yes. His victim. Yes
1: absolutely and
0: that he will be dead he won't have to live with the ramifications of his execution i will Mm -hmm. the rest of my life yeah her words did the trick and the governor commuted his sentence wow of course under pressure from her father but I thought the father didn't want. He this. no he finally caved and was like that's oh, fine okay, if okay. this is what you really want if this is really going to make you better. Okay. Because she was so depressed and in and out of hospitals yeah. and he's like fine. I will take you there. We'll argue to the governor. Yeah. I'll make it happen. Okay. And he did. And though Mary had gotten what she was fighting for, her life didn't get any easier. She now became the target of ridicule from people who believed that Walter deserved to die for his crime. Mary tried to rise above this by promising to help Walter make something of his life. She believed that he would eventually get paroled and she wanted to work with him while he was in prison to get educated and, you know, be able to do something when he was eventually released. Mm -hmm. But her plans were cut short by another shock in April of 1939. Her father, the man who had fiercely protected her since the kidnapping, was accused of being a crook on a scale grander than McGee could even imagine. What? He was indicted as the genius behind a wildly corrupt political machine in Kansas City. He was accused of taking bribes. He was accused of... Extortion. He was accused of having ties to the mafia, which I didn't know this. But organized crime oh, in the '30s in Kansas, Kansas City, City was second only to Chicago. It was huge. Well, Tom
1: Pendergrass. Yeah, he,
0: I totally mispronounced that last Pendergast, name. Pendergast. Thank you. He was believed to be Pendergrass number one. <gasps> McElroy was what? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yep. All of those city projects that he did Uh required large amounts of concrete that were purchased (gasps) from Pendergast's company. Oh my God! (laughs) (laughs) So all these things that we enjoy in Kansas City. (laughs) Yep.
1: Wow, which, I mean, I knew Kansas City was pretty shady back in the day, but that is, whoa. Yes.
0: Okay, continue. Yeah. So he was to appear before a federal grand jury probing his personal finances and the finances of the city. But he never made it. He died of a heart attack a day before the hearing Mm -mm. on September 15th, 1939. There's no way that guy died of a fucking heart attack. No, Tom's boys got to yeah, (laughs) for sure. Whoa. It was too much for Mary to handle. Oh no. And on January 21st, 1940, Mary took her own life. Ugh. She left a suicide note that read My four kidnappers are probably the only people on earth who don't consider me an utter fool. You have your death penalty now. So please Whoa. give them a chance.
1: You have your death penalty now.
0: Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Clarence Click served his time and was released. And George McGee was paroled in 1947. Walter McGee, who was to become eligible for parole in 1951, died of a heart attack at age 44 in the prison infirmary in 1949. Wow. And that's the story of Mary Crazy. I think it's so fucking crazy. I think it, like, just reads like a movie i want you to write a novel about this <laughs> i want you to fill in the gaps okay very good i will i want a dramatized version <laughs> i think it is crazy you know
1: it's one of those stories that you're like how have i lived here and As
0: not far- heard no. this yeah, that is yes nuts. yes totally nuts that is so sad and so crazy and it so is so complicated yes and
1: I love that one of the guys got away with
0: it. Yes, Clarence Stevens just was off living the high life. So they recovered sixteen thousand dollars of the ransom. So that means he probably had the other fourteen thousand. Well, sure. <laughs> that I'm and adjusted for inflation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be definitely enough to like get away. It'd be roughly and... four hundred thousand dollars, adjusted for inflation. Don't show off. <laughs> God, that's incredible it's, it's nuts no it'd be roughly two hundred thousand dollars adjusted for inflation
1: thank you sorry
0: correction <laughs> <laughs> that
1: that was nuts wasn't
0: that nuts yes, yes how yes. have we never heard of this i don't know
1: but um i'm covering a kansas city story too uh-huh that i think is also nuts that i didn't know about oh my gosh i'm so excited This is
0: the Kansas City. We've had a lot of Kansas City episodes, but we've never planned it.
1: No, it's never planned. We always just like get together and one of us is like,
0: I have a local one. And we're like, well, shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if you're not from Kansas City and you're
0: still listening, thank you. Thank you. It's a okay, lovely but town Come on, full tell me corruption. that story is not crazy, even if you're not from Kansas oh, City. Oh, yeah, it
1: absolutely is. Okay, thank you. I think the things where we'll, we'll lose people is when we're like 57th in Maine? <laughs> no way!
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we gave the address. They can Google it and yeah. pretend they're there with us.
1: Can you imagine if you were in one of these houses and you had no idea? Yeah.
0: So in the Google Street View of that house, there is on one picture when you like arrow down and you're kind mm-hmm. of on the neighbor's house, but you can still see this house. There's people walking out of the front door. And I'm like, I wonder if they know. <laughs> Don't you want to go to their house I right do. do want to I- knock on the door. I want the little girl. <laughs> And if they get it, then and if the good police show up and tackle you, uh, <laughs> it was worth the risk. <laughs> they come and tackle you from the side, and you're like rolling
1: on the guys, It was just a bro. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm so excited. I'm going to tell you about a man who whose name almost everyone in Kansas City has heard of, but whose life story we've pretty much forgotten. Excellent, Thomas Swope. Oh, yeah. How do Swope you Swope know Park? It? There you go. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> very good, Brandy. So the reason people know Thomas Swope is because in 1896 he donated 1,300 acres of land to be used as a public park. Yeah, um, it's the biggest park in the city. It's great yeah. um there's this big beautiful memorial to him mm-hmm. it holds the zoo i was sorry, the Light. zoo's there yeah. the starlight theater it's a excellent. soccer complex blah yeah. blah 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 on the day swope park opened eighteen thousand people showed up to wow. celebrate it. yes yes and apparently it wasn't super easy to get there yeah. um but they showed up and of course thomas had the opportunity to like Ride in in a big fashion and give a big speech, but that just wasn't his style. Mm -hmm. He just kind of hung out in the crowd, let other people do the speeches. He was just kind of this humble, very quiet, very reserved guy. So let's talk a little bit about his life. He was born in 1827, went to Yale, moved to a bunch of different places as a young man, Mm -hmm. but when he was 30, he settled in Kansas City. At the time, Kansas City was... Minuscule. Mm -hmm. And he bought up a ton of land super cheap. Then Kansas City grew, railroad, blah, blah, blah. And eventually he became the biggest individual landowner in Kansas City. So that's how he made his money. Yeah. As for his personal life, he was generous, a little eccentric, never married, super shy. Mm. Uh huh. But he was. Did he love his mother? Never married. I'm like, okay, was he gay?
0: I don't know. You know, I I just wonder. That's where your mind goes. And mine's like he was obsessed with his mother, wasn't he?
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, I just like to think he was gay, you know? All right. One of the two. There's no evidence either way, though, that that I've dug up. (laughs) He was sort of celebrity's not the right word. Yeah. But people knew him because, Mm -hmm. you know, he donated Swope Park. Everybody thought that was really cool. And he was this—he was one of the wealthiest people in Kansas City, but he rode the streetcar to work every day. Oh wow! So you know he could have owned a car, yeah. But he was frugal, so people yeah. just thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, he lived in hotels most of his life in downtown Kansas City, but mm-hmm. then when he was in his seventies, he moved into his brother's twenty-six room mansion in Independence.
0: Pause. Yes. Somebody's at your door. I don't know if it's your husband or a it's delivery person, the mailman. Oh, okay. It's your super hot mailman. It is (laughs) Mr. I. You know what? I was about to say
1: it's my hot mailman, but I didn't. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Kristen has a super hot mailman. It's true. Um, I just want to back up for one second and say that um, your description of Mr. Swope here, how he, you know, had money for a car, but drove rode the uh, street streetcar to work because he was frugal. It reminds me a bit of your dad because you guys lived in this beautiful house <laughs> when we were growing up and uh-huh. he drove this like busted up Camry. <laughs> My
1: dad is amazingly cheap. He makes decisions on what to spend money on. He yeah. likes a nice house.
0: Yes. He likes a really nice house.
1: Yes. Will drive a shoebox on wheels yes. to work. Yeah, he drove, um, and so we were, I mean, all the way through high school, yeah. he drove a 91 Toyota Camry <laughs> that smelled like old soup, and we called it the Dinkmobile. Yes,
0: the Dinkmobile. shrine yes. because- Yeah. I just imagine the neighbors in the neighborhood that you guys lived in just uh-huh. looking at that thing. Oh, you know they did. <laughs> yes. You know they did. <laughs> what other
1: cheap stories. <laughs> to this day he buys the Costco Kirkland Signature tennis shoes which are bright white.
0: They can't be $15. And he, man, he rocks those. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a look. His signature look. They should be called the Daryl Pitts signature. They might as well be because he's the only one who wears them. <laughs> okay, back to the back to Mr. Swope here. My
1: dad gets talked about a lot on he this podcast. He does talked about a lot on this
0: podcast. For someone who has a lot of critiques about the length of our podcast. Oh, oh he gave me notes the other day. I was going to tell you this off the podcast,
1: but I'll tell you this now. So, he and my mom just got back from a trip, and they listened to the podcast, yeah. and, you know, they were like, oh, it was so fun, you know, us yeah. great. But then my dad was like, you know, when Brandy's laughing, I noticed that it's always even better if you can come in with an extra little quip <laughs> to make it even funnier. Otherwise, it's just her laughing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't always have the option I know, of know, like, that, you can't just make that happen. Hey, have you thought about being funny? <laughs> right. Oh,
0: God. Oh, podcast notes from Daryl. Yeah.
1: Note number one, be funny. Yes. If things stop being funny, just be funny. Be funnier. Yes. <laughs> and don't spend money on a brand new car.
0: That's right.
1: I have internalized that lesson. Yes. Because, like my father, I drive a really shitty car. <laughs> okay, so back to the story. Yes. I feel like we have to have, like, a corner every couple of podcasts. Yes. where We just do some Daryl Pitts riffing.
0: Yes, the Daryl Pitts corner.
1: <laughs> so Thomas Swope moves into the 26-room mansion in Independence. And like you, I
0: had to Google it. It was amazing. Yeah, it
1: was beautiful. Yeah, had a turret.
0: Which yeah, you're a sucker for a turret. I know. You used to live in a house with a turret. Oh,
1: those were the days. So <laughs> it was, it was beautiful. Um, then it got donated to a church and uh-huh. they tore it down and now it's like,
0: dumb. That's ridiculous. Churches, man. Man. You and I both have an appreciation for old architecture. Yes, we so do. We really yes. do. It made me so <laughs> yes. mad. Because I was like, there are a lot of
1: old places in Independence, Missouri where you can tour them. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god. Wait, let's go there. Oh <laughs> we can go. Uh, no, we can't. We can go stand where this where beautiful used place to be. used to
0: be. Bullshit. Okay. <laughs> so... I gotta get over that I I can just imagine us going there and we would have both been like look at the woodwork (laughs) because we look at real estate together online all the time and we're like oh the the original woodwork oh my god oh they didn't paint a thing (laughs) look at that mantle (laughs) do you think
1: that's the original tile? I love green subway tile yeah that's us we don't even have to imagine That's, that's exactly what we'd say I'm so mad that they tore it down. Yes. So, again, he never married, didn't have kids. Yeah. But his brother and sister-in-law had a bunch of adult children. Mm-hmm. And I think almost everybody lived in this yeah. mansion in Independence. I don't know why I struggled to find
0: that word. <laughs> mansion, it's a tough yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> you looked at and you're like, is it man <laughs> <laughs> Did they live inside a man? <laughs> that seems expensive.
1: <laughs> so things are going fine. But then all of a sudden, Thomas's niece Frances starts dating this total d bag. No, oh, no. But he's a charming d bag. No, right. He's a doctor. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, way, the, the reaction was like, don't have much respect for those. <laughs> I
0: can't stand them. <laughs> Comes into town with his tonics. <laughs> no, I was thinking about. I was kind of stuck on the last thing. I was thinking about. How often D-bags are charming. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like they go hand in hand. It is. Hmm. I've known some D-bags in my day who were very charming. Are you going to talk about (laughs) them I'm not. not. Damn it, Brandy.
1: (laughs) Way to hold back.
0: (laughs) Let me give you a list of names. (laughs) (laughs) Can we tag them on Facebook?
1: Yes. So his name is Dr. Bennett Clark Hyde. Mm-hmm. And Francis's mom, Maggie, is like, this dude sucks. Mm-hmm. She's like, Francis, you've heard the rumors about this guy, right? The rumor is that he goes around town dating older women and borrowing money from them.
0: Mm-hmm. But when it comes time
1: to return the money, he just, he always forgets that part. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, Francis, he's after the money. Yeah, we're the Swope family. We've got a ton of money. He wants your money. And she's like, no, he is after my love. Stop we're it, family. Love. <laughs> the Swope family was like, oh, this is bad. They thought they knew how bad this Dr. Hyde guy was. Um, but there was a lot they didn't know about him at the time. So I'm going to tell you.
0: I would tell us about him. Two I'm, little gems about do him. Do you see that I'm on the edge of my seat, waiting to hear more about him? I literally am leaned forward. You're perched forward like a little bird. God, that face. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my face. <laughs>
1: no, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> you pushed your face way
1: forward. <laughs> okay, so they knew about him, like going after these cougars and getting their muck. yeah. What they didn't know. Was that for a little while in the late 1800s, he was like an, an- anatomy lecturer uh-huh. at University Medical College in Kansas City. Uh-huh. And weirdly, during that time, when he taught anatomy, there were a ton of grave, ro- grave robbings. Oh, mm-hmm. he was digging up bodies. So at one point, a few guys got caught trying to dig up a body. And when the police questioned them, they were like, yeah, here's the thing. We dig up corpses, and then we sell them to Dr. Hyde. Oh, my gosh. So Dr. Hyde was arrested. And I saw somewhere that it, like, went to trial, but it just kind of resulted in nothing. So, you know. Yeah. He's charming and a douchebag. Yeah. That's not all. At one point, Dr. Hyde was, I guess, like, the on-call doctor for the Kansas City Police Force. At one point, a black woman was arrested, and he was called in to treat her. Okay, it's really hard to figure out what exactly he did to her mm-hmm. because I listened to an interview with a local historian who did who has done a lot of great work on this. I think his name's Monroe Dodd. But he got kind of cute in the interview, and he was like, "It's so disturbing. I don't want to say." And it's like, "Oh, come on, come dude. on, we can handle it." Yeah, we're all adults, and <laughs> you're talking about like a really bad dude. But I based on what he kind of eventually said in the interview was that he sexually mutilated oh god yeah it was bad it was so bad that the Kansas City Police Department fired him which I'm thinking okay this was a wealthy charming white dude doctor yeah and a black woman who'd been arrested and it was what he did was so bad that they were like we're firing him yeah Not so bad that
0: they ever pressed charges. I was going to say, like, uh, I forgot the time for a moment. And I was like, that's all they did! Yeah. No, no. This was, uh, like, 1900.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, like I said, those last two stories, the Swopes probably hadn't heard those. But they knew the rumors about him. They knew this guy was probably just after Francis's money. Mm -hmm. So they tried to stop the marriage, but you can't stop true love.
0: That's right. Mm -hmm. Can't stop a cougar. Kristen can tell you all about the (laughs) show.
1: I just want to say, I am 32. Norman is 30. Actually, he'll be 31 in like two weeks. So everybody just shut up. (laughs) So Francis and Bennett Hyde got married.
0: You're very defensive about your cougar status. He makes
1: fun of me so much. (laughs) And I remember one time, I won't say who, but like, we were getting dinner with a friend. And we were talking about... The friend asked us like how we met or something or like what time, something, yeah yada, yada. At some point I was like, well, I was, I must have been like 24, which would have made you 22. And the friend was like, oh, (laughs)
0: scandal. (laughs)
1: That's hilarious. You would have thought I would have been like Well that was after All my kids Were grown I was uh 47 And I saw Handsome young Norman On the YouTubes And I was like I'm mo- YouTubes I must have him No Everybody calm down I'm like a year and a half older so Francis and Bennett Hyde get married. Yes. Almost immediately, like days after they were married, some woman comes forward who he'd conned in the past, and she was like, um, I'm going to sue you now. Something like breach of promise. Yeah. They settle out of court. I suspect that he got caught with that the same way that Cassie Chadwick got yeah. caught, of like the anou- the wedding announcement is in the paper. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this woman who he's conned is like, oh, he lives there now, and yeah. he's married to a Swope? Okay, yes. gotcha. So for their first year of marriage, the Swope family didn't talk to either of them. Mm -hmm. Hardcore, cold shoulder. Wow. But finally, Thomas Swope was like, this is enough. Francis, we love you. Dr. Hyde, you're part of the family. As a gesture of goodwill, let me buy you guys a house. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. He spent $7,500 on a house for them. Adjusted for for inflation. (laughs) <laughs> i also use dustin's calculator Excellent. <laughs> it's like a little under two hundred thousand dollars right. so not like a crazy house but yeah. i mean as far as free homes go no shit mm-hmm. that house of course i looked it up yeah still it's, standing no mm. damn it it was on mm. lydia
0: mm. I know. all damn. right
1: yeah i know hmm
0: very unsatisfying. I'd like to say that my house was still standing, and oh. we got to look at it on Google Street View, so... Congratulations, Brandy!
1: <laughs> so years go by, Thomas is getting up there in age, he's living at the family mansion, and he starts thinking about his legacy. His estate is worth, like, $3.5 million.
0: Wow. I wanted to leave you hanging and make you think that I hadn't looked that one up.
1: So that's, like, more than $89 million in today's money. Yeah. I would just like to say, when I did the calculation online, I just looked at it quickly, and I was like, wow, $89 billion. That's crazy. So I wrote that down, and then I was listening to the interview with the historian, and he said, million. And I was like, wow, I am very glad. (laughs) Very glad that I'm just not going off my own yes. nose. <laughs> so of course Thomas had a will, yeah. um, and the will said that his assets would be divided up amongst his relatives and some charities. All of the articles go into super detail about this. Uh-huh. Like fifty percent went to blah blah. <laughs> All you need to know is that a lot of it would be equally divided amongst yeah. the nieces and nephews. Yeah. Okay. So he has this will, but in the fall of 1909, he started thinking. My family's already doing really well financially. Yeah. What if I changed the will so that more of it went to charity? Mm-hmm. A lot more of it. Yeah. He's toying with the idea, and he's talking about it pretty openly. All of a sudden, some weird stuff starts happening in the mansion. Oh, no. In early October, Thomas Swope's cousin, whose name was Moss... <laughs> I know. He was also the executor of the will. Died. Unexpectedly. Luckily, they had a doctor basically on the scene. Dr. Hyde. Oh, no. Dr. Hyde did what he could to help. Nothing unusual here, folks. Keep it moving. People die. It's 1909. That's right. (laughs) So Dr. Hyde did what he could to help the cousin. He decided to relieve some pressure on the man's brain by draining his blood, which was...
0: Common practice in that time. Horrifying, but common practice. Um, Bloodletting Mm -hmm. was done by barbers in the old days. Oh, Yes, so... Well, who better (laughs) able to do that? So you'd go in for your haircut, Uh and then if you were having some kind of ailment, They would drain some blood from you, which was supposed to... Ew! Yeah, cure you. Bloodletting. Are Mm -hmm. you going to add that to your list of services? (laughs) Haircuts, color, waxing, finger and mouth, (laughs) (laughs) bloodletting. I just hope you keep up the hygiene in that place.
1: (laughs) So yeah, he drained some of the guy's blood, but it didn't do any good. Dr. Hyde was like, well, he died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Hmm. Sad story.
0: Two Mm. days later.
1: What? Brandy. (laughs) These things, (laughs) tragedies happen. (laughs) Two days later, Thomas is reading the newspaper. He has a little tummy trouble. And a nurse who was there at the home, they had nurses in the home, Uh did what Dr. Hyde had instructed her to do. She gave him a pill to help Mm -hmm. with his digestion. Mm -hmm. Immediately, Thomas starts feeling awful. Oh, no. He convulses. He's got a racing pulse. It's bad. He says, I wish I had not taken that medicine. I wish I were dead. Holy cow. And then he died. Oh, my gosh. Luckily, Dr. Hyde was there the whole time helping out. I'm sure he had put cyanide in his... Brandy! (laughs) My goodness! My goodness. In his pill bottle. (laughs) So Dr. Hyde had been giving him injections the whole time, Mm -hmm. helping him out. After Thomas died, Dr. Hyde was like, well, we had another cerebral hemorrhage here.
0: (laughs) Weird how this cerebral hemorrhage... (laughs) <laughs> hemorrhage <laughs> produced these weird symptoms so different from the previous one. Brandy, are you a doctor? <laughs> I am not. Okay, well, it's Dr. The- Hyde was.
1: <laughs> I think we have to defer to him on this one. So that was sad, obviously. These two guys die. About a month and a half later, it's Thanksgiving time. The whole family gets together for a meal. It's lovely. But like a week later, nine of them come down with
0: typhoid fever. Holy shit. Bad luck. Was typhoid Mary in there making the Thanksgiving meal? Typhoid Mary? Oh, yeah! (laughs) Yeah. Forgot about that. In there stirring it with her (laughs) bare hand.
1: That is a disgusting story. Yes, it is disgusting. If you don't know the story, wait till we're done, then Google it. (laughs) So now, the whole family is very sick. Except... Or Francis, Doctor Hyde. Hyde. They must have used some Purell before Thanksgiving. I don't know. They must have been <laughs> fucking Doctor Hyde. He was like an apple a day, and so <laughs> they did that, and that's why they were fine. <laughs> so Chrisman Swope, Francis's brother, was one of the people who developed typhoid fever, and it looked like he was going to make a recovery.
0: I bet not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Dr. Hyde is there, thank goodness, to aid in this recovery. He gives Chrisman... he suddenly
0: took a turn for the worst, right?
1: You're not going to believe it. (laughs) He gives Chrisman a tablet, Mm -hmm. a few injections. Chrisman goes into convulsions and dies. Another cerebral (laughs) image. No, no, no. Meningitis this time. (laughs) Nobody saw it coming. A month later... (sighs) Dr. Hyde tells Margaret Swope, one of Thomas's nieces, Mm -hmm. to take a tablet. She's like, sure. We were so suspicious of you before, now we're not at all, what could possibly go wrong? Like, this is what I don't understand about this Yeah. At what point were they like, this is fishy? So she takes it, she goes into violent convulsions, and just by pure luck, another doctor, their family doctor, happened to be on the scene and he treated her, and Mm -hmm. she survived. Mm -hmm. By this point, the Swope family had a squad of nurses at their house at all times. And these nurses, (laughs) I love these nurses, they were like, you guys, one death in a family is a tragedy. Three deaths and a bunch of typhoid fever is suspicious as
0: hell.
1: The nurses are a united front. They start swapping stories with each other, comparing Mm -hmm. notes. They're like, this guy is trying to kill the whole damn family. Mm -hmm. We won't stand for this. So the nurses go to the other family doctor with their suspicions. And I... This is just my personal opinion. (laughs) I think this guy was a grade-A weenie because...
0: (laughs) Grade-A weenie? (laughs) Listen to what he did.
1: He goes... Um, he was like, "Doctor Hyde, sir, uh, the nurses don't like you, and what they the- think why he should would go. he say that?" So of course, Doctor Hyde is like, "I'm going to sue all the nurses for libel." Oh
0: my gosh! And
1: the other doctor is like, "But could you not though? And could you just leave instead?"
0: <laughs> so he does. Oh, you're right, grade A weenie. Yeah,
1: I mean, don't be like the nurses suspect you. No, it. Anyone could see what was going on. Well,
0: yeah, and I think that there would have he should have done some investigation or something, and not just go straight to the doctor and be like, uh, "The nurses have become suspicious of you." Well, and here's the thing: like, he
1: was actually there for a lot of this stuff. Well, then he should have been fucking suspicious, and I think he was. But and who knows what the real story is? But it seemed to me, from what I read, mm-hmm. that he really kind of was like well, the nurses think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway. He's not the real bad guy in this story, so I guess I should calm down. <laughs> Meanwhile, Maggie Swope, Thomas's sister-in-law and Francis' mother, mm-hmm. was like, I knew that guy was bad news. Mm-hmm. She starts doing fractions in her head. She's like, wait a minute. If this fortune was a pie, and all of us living Swopes get a piece of it,
0: holy shit, I see what's going on here. He yeah. is trying to take the whole damn pie. Yes. He's making his piece bigger and bigger and bigger until he gets the whole pie to himself. This is how they should have taught us fractions That's in school. Right. I would have done much better. They should enough. have literally given us pie. <laughs> no,
1: they should have been like, if your if your uncle is trying to murder you, what could his motive be? <laughs> so word gets out, and people are pretty sure that Dr. Hyde killed these three people, and tried to kill the rest of the family. Yeah. But they dig up Thomas's body and Chrisman's body, just to be sure. And I say dig up. I think they were basically, like, on ice because the ground was too cold to bury them. Oh, God. So they open the igloo coolers.
0: They've <laughs> <laughs> got them folded up yeah. inside there.
1: <laughs> First, they look at Chrisman's body. And the special is like, hmm I don't see traces of meningitis. And then he cut him open, and he smelled like almonds. What is that? What cyanide? Oh, it smells, it smells like, like almonds. almonds. Dun dun dun! <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he's like, but I definitely see traces of poison uh-huh. in here. They look at Thomas's body. They're like, "Yep, more poison." Oh my gosh! It smells like an almond joy in here. <laughs> Uh, but what about the first guy, Thomas's cousin? One of the nurses was there when Dr. Hyde drained yeah. the blood from the guy's body. And she said he drained way more than was normal mm-hmm. at the time. He drained, okay, and I can't say this without like being cringy. He drained 40% of the guy's blood. Oh, my God. I know.
0: What did he do with it? Where, he just, like, threw it out with the bathwater? I don't know. <laughs> what did you do with that? God, I Where don't, do you put all that blood?
1: I don't know. Maybe he had a bunch of Tupperware.
0: <laughs> Ziploc bags. <laughs> Started making smoothies for the family. <laughs> God. <laughs>
1: so people were like... Maybe that was the cause of death.
0: Yeah, maybe he lost 40% of his blood, so he died. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't just cerebral hemorrhage. Oh, my gosh.
1: Then the Swope Swope family, the ones who are still alive anyway, (laughs) start talking. They're like, hey, remember Thanksgiving? We all had that lovely meal together at the (laughs) mansion. But Dr. Hyde and Francis showed up to dinner with their own bottled water. Okay, in that day and age. Yes, here's what I wrote. That would be weird in 2018. Yes. Adjusted for inflation. <laughs> that would be super duper fucking weird. That was not done. That was not done at all. And it's, it wouldn't be done today. You don't show up. No. To a family meal like, I'd my own water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like. That fucking guy infected our water
0: with typhoid. Yeah! That's
1: why we all got sick.
0: Yeah, this family's taken a long time to put these puzzle pieces together.
1: They were rich. They were not bright. <laughs> <laughs> so police start investigating this. Yes. And they turn up, and what they turn up does not look good for our boy, Dr. Hyde.
0: Oh, that's right. Your friend, Dr. Hyde. <laughs>
1: We both love him. <laughs> both respect the hell out of him. So, it turns out, a little while after Thomas died, Dr. Hyde went to another local doctor and was like, Hey, man, could you give me some cultures of, I don't know, typhoid, diphtheria, any other horrible bacteria oh you've got gosh. laying around? Don't worry. These are definitely for experiments and not for wiping out my in-laws. <laughs> and the guy was like, yeah, that sounds totally sure. reasonable. Yeah, you're you're great. Because <laughs> um, at the time, I think Dr. Hyde was president of the Jackson County Medical Board or yeah. something. Like, he was high yeah. up. Then police found out that he went to a local pharmacy and bought... Cyanide. Oh, weird Brandy's theory no. all along. So it was cyanide of potassium, which was weird for a doctor to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's poison, obviously. Yes. And usually only jewelers use it to clean stuff. Mm-hmm. Also murderers use it. Yeah. <laughs> um, even weirder, he asked for it in capsules. Mm-hmm. He told the pharmacist... Don't worry. I just want to kill some mean dogs. What? Not my in-laws. It's a terrible
0: excuse. I'm more pissed about killing dogs than I am people. What? I hate when people kill dogs. Well, yeah, I do too. very upsetting. What about people? I mean, yeah, people are not helpless creatures like dogs are. I think you were pretty helpless if you were poisoned. Well, if you were being doctor. secretly poisoned, yes, I feel just as bad about that. Wow, but Gosh. it definitely takes somebody your up another those no bounds. Rachel. It definitely <laughs> takes it up another notch. Obviously, he wasn't legitimately planning on killing dogs, but that he could even joke about that—he <laughs> wasn't joking. <laughs> uh, the virus Use it is as his like, excuse. <laughs> the virus is like, hey, hey that's a good one. <laughs> Okay, you're getting fired up about the weirdest parts sorry, of this story. i just cannot handle, I love dogs a lot. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie A Dog's Purpose? Um, was that based on that book? I don't fucking know, I've never read the book. You say that like you can't read. <laughs> I can't read. I can't, it was then that Kristen learned that Brandy could not
1: read. <laughs> Turns out Zach's just been reading to you yeah. from his website this whole time. Yes.
0: I have no idea. The, it's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. What's it about? It's about a dog that dies over and oh, over and oh, over oh, oh. again. Yeah, I saw the preview. I was like, no fucking way. Zach made me watch it. No, why would he do that? I started crying at about one minute and 32 <laughs> seconds in uh-huh. and did not stop for yeah, two hours. It looked horrible. And the whole time... I keep going to Zach, why are you making me watch this? This is the worst movie ever. Was he enjoying it? I mean, he thought it was a moving film. Did he cry? I don't think so. Brandy, you don't have to lie. I've never seen him cry in a movie. Oh, come on. The closest thing that I can think of. I think you need to take a flashlight into a movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we saw it at our house. We did not go to the theater and see this movie. The closest thing that I can think of that he's cried in is he's like welled up, not actually cried, mm. watching This Is Us, which I've
1: never watched. I would be concerned
0: show. he didn't have a heart if he didn't.
1: <laughs> Everyone says they cry during that show and I yes. just I feel like I don't need that. So every I to
0: every episode. Why? It's so touching. It's an excellent show. You should really watch it. Okay. This episode of Let's Go Award is brought to you by. God, we fucking this wish. is us. <laughs> no, it's brought to you by us. And that's it. And the Gaming Historian. That's right. Head on over to thegaminghistorian.com and purchase your copy of The Gaming Historian Volume 1 on Blu ray.
1: You are so good because <laughs> I was about to make fun of Norman for every week now. Like, coming home in the middle of the In the middle, us he interrupts and our podcast. And he's like, yes.
0: Hey, how's it going? And then he makes a sandwich. For 45 minutes. Yes. He's the slowest sandwich maker. He would not cut it at Jimmy John's, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, no him. kidding. <laughs> they, he'd be fired from Subway.
1: <laughs> and you know they don't like to fire their folks. No. It's a Jared Fogel reference. It sure is. <laughs> okay, so the Swope family is disgusted by this whole thing. They're like, "Francis, you married a dud." <laughs> Francis, a dud. Francis is having none of it. Do she, she? Do you think she knows? Okay, so she's she stands by him this mm-hmm. whole
0: time. The thing that that uh. That country song was written about her. Stand by your man.
1: (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) The thing that I find amazing about all these articles is they all just basically say, you know, Francis stood by him, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Nobody seems to even entertain the idea that maybe they were in on it together. Yeah. Perhaps because he had this history of being just god awful. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think it's totally possible that this was just his thing. Well, but she I think, would benefit. Sure.
0: I think she was in on it. You think so? I'm saying it right here now. Only because everybody's dead and it doesn't matter. Yeah, she's for sure <laughs> dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: I bet she was in on it. Why? How could she not know? She brought her own bottled water to Thanksgiving.
1: So the story I heard on that was he had been telling them the Swoops for a long time. He t- tasted their water. And he was like, you know, this doesn't taste right. You guys really need to get different water. You're going to get typhoid from this, blah, blah, blah. So then when Thanksgiving came and they brought their own water, you know, he was like, so maybe she was, you're giving me a look like that. It's just pure <laughs> bullshit. Fine. Uh,
0: actually... I think that's some pretty good pre-planning on his part well, of to course put that it was. out there to of them. of course it was. <laughs> but if I'm trying to be charitable to her here. I was her like here. slightly impressed by his forethought. Oh, yeah. He wasn't dumb. No. We heard he was very charming.
1: And charming a giant doucher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it called doucher.
1: I've only heard douchebag. Yeah, doucher is a thing people say. I'm not saying people don't say it. I'm just saying this is my first time hearing it. And thank you for bringing this into my life. Okay. So, Francis is having none of it. She's like, you guys are the worst. Quit calling my husband a murderer. It isn't cute. <laughs>
0: it's cute. It might not be cute, but it's the truth. I hate it when you do that.
1: He's the love of my life. Oh, God. Mama Bear Maggie is like, sorry, Francis. I'm hiring the best lawyer in Kansas City yes. to prosecute this.
0: Who's the best lawyer in Kansas City? Get ready.
1: Former mayor and eventual U.S. Senator James A. Reed. Woo! Um, perhaps you've seen the
0: boulevard named after him. <laughs> <Yeah>, yes!
1: <laughs> that was my favorite part about like doing this case. I was like, oh, I've driven all that! <laughs> Francis is like, fine. You got the best lawyer in Kansas City? I'll get the second best lawyer in Kansas City. Frank Walsh. Uh, I don't think he has a road. No. (laughs) This is why you can't be second best. (laughs) Never driven on Frank Walsh Boulevard. Have not. At this point, police arrest Dr. Hyde. A, A grand jury indicts him on 11 counts, ranging from murder to manslaughter to whatever you get when you unsuccessfully poison a whole family. Hyde was like, I am not guilty. How dare you? So the prosecution had this strategy. Let's only try him for the murder of Thomas Swope. It'll be a slam dunk. It'll be enough to ensure that he gets either the death penalty or he goes to prison for life. We won't have to prove all this other stuff.
0: Yeah, and the victim is high profile, so we'll likely have the sympathy of a jury Mm -hmm. and... I think it's a good good strategy. Yeah, people are going to be like, I like to go Love to Swope that park. park.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sweet man, I <laughs> sat next to him on the streetcar. Yes. So they move forward. All eyes are on Kansas City. This case got national media coverage, mm-hmm. and of course, a lot of nurses took the stand for the prosecution. Yeah, and they didn't have the nicest things to say mm. about Doctor Hyde. Mm. Weirdly, one of them said that. In the very short window, remember like two days between when the cousin died and Thomas died, yeah. Dr. Hyde came to her and said, "Um, hey, can you like put in a good word for me? Because I would really like to be the new executor of the will. And I hear that position just opened
0: up. Oh, my gosh.
1: That's obviously not a direct quote, but you get the idea. I like to think that's exactly how he said it.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: So the prosecution also called witnesses to testify to the other questionable deaths and poisonings. The only thing that sucked for the prosecution was the fact that the Swope family doctor died before he could give any testimony. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Did he die of cyanide poisoning? Good question, actually. (laughs) So he probably would have been the strongest witness against Dr. Hyde because he saw a lot of this stuff firsthand. Yeah. And unlike all the nurses, he had a penis.
0: <laughs> Call that yeah, a credibility. But it was a stick. little tiny weenie, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, people would have been like, "Ah, yeah. uh huh, a oh, man." <laughs> you know, the nurse called him a murderer, but she said it in such a shrill way. <laughs> so, meanwhile, the defense brought in witnesses who said, "No, it's totally possible that Chrisman." Di- died of meningitis, and the defense was also like, Hey, you know, what Dr. Hyde did was pretty normal. He injected Chrisman and Thomas with strychnine, and we use that sometimes to elevate blood pressure. But here's the thing so that was normal for doctors to use mm-hmm. to elevate blood pressure, but you had to have kind of a light hand with it because, yeah, if because you did it's too also much poison. Yes, yes. <laughs> and get this you'd convulse and die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the prosecution had all these doctors saying, no, this sort of thing just isn't done. But the defense had a few doctors who were like, this isn't outside the norm mm-hmm. of what we do. Then they got into a big argument over typhoid. Mm. Prosecution was like, Dr. Hyde brought typhoid into the house. The defense was like, counterpoint, it could have been flies. The prosecution was like, shut up, this happened in the winter. It's yeah, no flies. Not. Frances testified in her husband's defense. And like I was saying, Dr. Hyde, you know, big popular Mm douchebag. He'd been elected president of the Jackson County Medical Association. So there were people in the medical community who stood by him. Hmm. Or at least I'd be willing to say maybe didn't feel comfortable going against him. Yeah. Dr. Hyde testified in his own defense. Mm, Of course he did. We love
0: it. Love it when they do that. I'm not one bit surprised that he testified in his own defense. Why? Because he's, cl- like, he uh, is a doucher uh-huh. who thinks he's amazing uh-huh. and believes that all of this, like, these lies that he spends, people will just believe. Mm-hmm. So who better to go up there and tell these lies to the jury himself? Yeah. Best liar ever. Yeah. So at first on the stand, he was really smooth. Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, look, you guys. I know this all looks bad, Mm -hmm. but I can explain. I've been using cyanide for like 10 years. I use it to remove nitrate stains from my fingers. What the hell that means? I don't know. (laughs) And those poison capsules I bought, those were to kill cockroaches in my office. Hmm. And I got them in capsules because they're stronger that way. Mm -hmm.
0: How big are these fucking cockroaches? They think they're going to be taking a capsule.
1: (laughs) Okay, Cockroach, you're going to need to take that with a meal. you get upset (laughs) stuff. And all those missing typhoid germs and diphtheria germs, those aren't missing. I just used those in experiments in my office.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: See? It's all a hilarious misunderstanding. Where's
0: your experiment logs? Brandy?
1: (laughs) No follow-up questions, please. You are starting to sound like James A. Reed, the man, not the road. Because he stands up, he starts cross-examining him, and James is like, so you've been using cyanide for 10 years, huh? Mm -hmm. And Dr. Heidi's like, yeah. James is like, so if you've been using it for that long, where have you been buying it? Mm-hmm. Because the pharmacist you normally go to can't back you up on that claim. I've been ordering it online. See? <laughs> <laughs> it's the old timey internet. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: So Hyde was like, mm. then James is like, okay, so you bought poison for the cockroaches in your office.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But capsules seem like a super odd choice <laughs> for that job. Yes. <laughs> Why not just get it in a bottle with a glass stopper instead of having to open up all these capsules yeah. and sprinkle, sprinkle them everywhere? Sprinkle it around,
0: exactly. Or put them on a
1: plate with a little yeah. sandwich. Sandwich. You know, Hide it inside planned. the yes. sandwich. Roll
0: it up in a craft single. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> that's how we get my dog to take medicine.
1: And that's how we get the cockroaches to take
0: <laughs> that's it right. And
1: Hyde was like, fair point, my dude. I never thought to do it that way. <laughs> So James is like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll go down that road with you. So you've got this poison scattered all over your office <laughs> right. to kill these roaches. Uh huh. Did you give anybody a heads up, like your secretary or your janitor, that poison was everywhere? And Hyde's like, mm, no. <gasps> <laughs> so the jury deliberated for several days. Mm-hmm.
0: Several days?
1: Really? Mm-hmm. I want to say it was three days. Mm
0: -hmm. It's more like a few, but... Oh, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) It's like one is one day. (laughs) A couple is two days. A few is three days. Several is four days or more. You know,
1: I hate that you're calling me out on this, but I do agree with what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate that even more. So they found him guilty. Good. Yep. They sentenced Dr. Hyde to life in prison.
0: Hmm. But <laughs> I'm
1: waiting for the butt. I wanted to like get real comfy and you being happy before. I, I wasn't. I,
0: I just you gave you it could away. See it. I know Your face I face gave it away. You I have I a terrible poker face. Oh, I really do. <laughs> so you wanna play some poker? <laughs>
1: all the clovers Uh. (laughs) well is an ace good (laughs) I forget is it high or low (laughs) so a year later Hyde appealed Mm -hmm. and he won what
0: the fuck
1: (laughs) the Missouri Supreme Court overturned the verdict on the grounds that the trial judge shouldn't have let the prosecution present evidence about the other deaths and poisonings you know he's on trial for Thomas Swope's death they shouldn't mm. have been able to present all that. I other disagree stuff.
0: with that, I think it's pertinent. see, I do too,
1: yeah, but i uh, yeah, huh, but okay. unless you can I guess wouldn't you have to prove: all yeah, you'd have to
0: be able to prove those things. that's yes. exactly it, yeah,
1: and they also found that they hadn't proven that Thomas Swope was actually murdered, murdered.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: yeah, you look so annoyed. I am. Well, don't worry. They had a second trial.
0: And he was acquitted? No. No.
1: You ready for this? Yeah. (laughs) So they had a jury. They were sequestered in a local hotel. Mm -hmm. The whole deal. Is the hotel still standing? I couldn't figure out what hotel it was. (laughs) I wish. But at one point, one of the jurors, and I'm quoting here, lost his wits. Lost his wits? He said he missed his wife too much. So he fled in the middle of the night to go be with his wife.
0: What? So they called a mistrial. Yep.
1: So now, holy shit! That's exactly what Norman would do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't possibly be away from her. Uh, He goes running down the street in his boxers. (laughs) I miss my wife. Oh my gosh! So do they do a third trial? They do a third trial.
1: But the jury couldn't reach a unanimous verdict. Hung jury? Okay, get this. The majority of jurors, I think it was nine to three, thought that Dr. Hyde should be acquitted. Shut the fuck up. I know. I know. (sighs) My gosh. In 1914, the charges against Dr. Hyde were dismissed. Yeah. He was free to go. Holy shit. Uh. Dr. Hyde lost his medical license. Thank God! A few years later, Francis divorced him. She said he abused her and their children. But she said that he was still innocent of the murders and attempted murders. Then, Dr. Hyde got his medical license back. He moved back home to Lexington, Missouri, where he practiced medicine. Oh, my God. And he died in 1934 of a cerebral hemorrhage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that for real? Yes. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) I think I saw, and this, I mean, this is like the douchiest of douche. I think he went into the newspaper office that Uh morning to like see what the news was as it was being printed because he wanted to know before everyone else and he like dropped dead there.
0: super douchey.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Quit doing that, Kristen. (laughs) I'm. I'm going to end every on morning.
0: Thomas. Kristen emails Google and asks for today's
1: <laughs> latest story. Hey guys, it's me again. I want to be up to date on everything. They keep blocking her, so she keeps having to come up with new email addresses. It's like not Kristen at gmail I swear
0: it's not Kristen <laughs> at gmail
1: Pretty soon, I'm going to have to resort to Yahoo. That'll yeah. be a sad day. So I want to end on Thomas Swope. Okay. Um, just because, in my opinion, Dr. Hyde was a fucking serial killer who got away with it. Yeah. So after he was for sure murdered in 1909, we're allowed to say this, right, when everyone's dead? Yeah. Shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Thomas Swope's body was kept in a holding vault for nine years. Nine well, years? Well, they were building the memorial for him. Holy shit! Look, it was a good cooler they had him in. Oh. No, I don't know what they had. Wait, what? Had he been embalmed? Well, I don't know. Christian? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he was, like, tucked away in a casket or something. I don't know. He was he was fine. Okay. <laughs> don't worry about it. So, as I said, he was, yeah, nine years, blah, 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 while the memorial was built in his honor. And you can see the memorial today at Swope Park. It's What? His body's in the memorial? No, no, no He was buried there.
0: Oh. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Like, I'm just picturing the base of its memorial as his kids kids. Oh, my God. Go
1: like ahead. a mausoleum. Wait, have you seen pictures of the memorial? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like that U-shaped um, yeah. structure. It looks kind of Greek with the columns yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've seen that. has lion statues on yeah. the other side of it. He's inside the lion's statues. <laughs> His head is in the lion's head. So it overlooks the whole park. Yeah. And there's a Latin inscription. Man, I meant for this to be like kind of touching. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Who's the doucher now? Clearly me. (laughs) So there's a Latin inscription on the memorial, which in English reads Reader, if you would see his monument, look about you. So that's the story of Thomas Swope. That was good. That was nuts, wasn't it? Yeah. And infuriating. Yeah. I mean, has there
0: ever been a more obvious. Like, I like to think that Dr. Hyde had another side to him called Mr. Jekyll, or he was just like a super nice guy. (laughs) You are so proud of yourself right
1: now. He's like helping little old ladies across the street. He's like, here, take this pill. And it's actually like something helpful. It's yes. not Oh, that's the cyanide. Hang on. Shouldn't have worn this coat today.
0: But can you believe that? That's nuts. I can't believe he got off. I know. That's deeply unsatisfying.
1: And okay. And people about this story are like, will we ever know what really no,
0: happened? No, we know what happened. Yes, we know, duh. Yeah, we know what happened. Will justice be served? No, no. Well, because do we know dead. what
1: happened? Yes. yes.
0: Good grief. Yes. Wow. I know. It was good. I didn't know anything about that. I, I loved yours. This was. We are learning so much. Yes. I'm oh. Just really opening everybody's minds to the history of Kansas City. Our brains are getting so big that we're going <laughs> to need, need to fit do some in this bloodletting. House. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm a cosmetologist, uh-huh. which is basically a barber, so I'll yeah, do some bloodletting so, for us. Just don't take forty yeah. percent of my blood, okay? They so sometimes if the if it wasn't enough or if they, they didn't need like a full bloodletting, uh-huh. they would leech you. I know, I know. that leeches is leeches on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. Ugh. <laughs> uh, oh God.
1: <laughs> the funny thing about that is like in those times sometimes it was good to not be super wealthy because then you didn't have yeah. access to that awesome medical yeah. care. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've just been thinking for like a solid week about how salty you were at lunch last week.
0: Oh yeah. My See, I gosh. don't even have to tell
1: you more. Okay.
0: So Uh, every week after we record this podcast, Mm -hmm. Kristen and I go to lunch. And we have a regular place we go, but um, last week we decided to mix it up and go to a different place. And um, we're walking there, you know, and Kristen's telling me that they had just had it for dinner the night before and how much she loved it and couldn't stop thinking about it and wanted to go back. But that Norman didn't really like the place because usually they have like live music and it's so loud in there and you can't even focus the thing norman hates more than
1: anything in life and i i'm serious like if we walk into a place and he sees a guy with a guitar and a microphone and you know that guy is gonna be strumming really hard and like you can't have a conversation that is the worst possible scenario for norman
0: so we get there We go in, there's like (laughs) not a soul in there. There's like, I don't know, five or six other tables, but you could hear a pin drop in this restaurant. There's no conversation happening. And we are loud. Yes. We are. Clearly, you listen to this podcast, you know, there's nothing happening. There's no music playing. There's like one sad radio coming from the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Fine. I can overlook that. We go barely. You were like, um, I feel like we're eating in a library. (laughs) (laughs) We sit down. I order a diet coke, my beverage of choice. Kristen has a water or an iced tea. I don't don't remember. I don't know. The waitress brings the drink, (laughs) sets it down. I take a drink. This is not diet coke that she has brought me it is in fact diet pepsi which is in no way the same thing you were hot (laughs) here is the deal there is a protocol that is required to take place in a restaurant when i order diet coke you say oh i'm sorry we serve pepsi products Is Diet Pepsi okay? To which I respond, fuck no, I don't want your Diet Pepsi. And that's not really an exaggeration. (laughs) I've seen it occur many times. And then I'll just stick to water. Yes. This did not happen. Nope. At this restaurant last week. She brought me a Diet Pepsi and played it off like it was a Diet Coke. Might as well have brought you cyanide. Might as well have. So I'm not going back there again, Kristen. Oh, I, I can't sit in that silent restaurant and drink Diet Pepsi again.
1: <laughs> you know, after, after you left last week, Norman was like, man, Brandy was really fired
0: up about that Diet Pepsi. I was like, she does not like Diet Pepsi. not. So here's the deal. It's not the waitress's fault that they serve Diet Pepsi. It is, however, her fault that she, when I ordered Diet Coke, that she did not say, Oh, I'm sorry, we have Pepsi products. Diet Pepsi and Diet Coke are not the same thing. You know what? I saw her twirling her mustache
1: <laughs> doing an evil laugh. I think it was all for fun. She's like, I'll see if she says anything. Mm. Do you ever say anything? No. No. Mm-mm. You just take it. Just take it. And you just boil with rage. Yeah, I And get you say, angry I will never come back again.
0: I mean, I'd go there again. I would not. Not I willingly. Wouldn't. You would. It's gonna be a minute until I go there. I thought the food was good. The food was good. atmosphere terrible. Beverage terrible. Service not great. Company horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that we had to whisper. <laughs> yeah, that was weird.
1: <laughs> Couldn't talk about anything funny. No. It had to be very yeah very
0: whispery. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll take mm. you to sushi. Today. I don't want that. <laughs> I thank you, Kristen. I'm gonna pass. Oh, what's? That? I think I'm getting a page. I I oh, there's been an emergency. I have to leave. Oh, there's an emergency.
1: <laughs> I hate sushi. We'll never eat it ever. <laughs> yeah, um, there are certain things that I know you're just not gonna go for. <laughs> yeah. Sushi being
0: one of them. Nope, not gonna happen. Not interested. Um, I don't want to eat your sushi. I don't want to eat your avocado. This is why I love sharing nachos with you. <laughs>
1: Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, shit, I never say this part.
0: Then find yeah. us on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Um, head on over to iTunes. Even if you don't listen to us through iTunes, head on over to iTunes. Give us a rating. Leave us a review. Did you see the review about you? I did. <laughs> is it someone you know or? yeah oh okay that's one of the girls that works the salon <laughs> well we appreciate it uh, nonetheless the that's less. right <laughs> but she is a listener alright she's not just a fan of she's you she's not just a fan of me <laughs> and then
1: um, join us next week when we'll be experts on two whole new topics podcast, podcast adjourned. adjourned and now for a note about our process I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary.
0: And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode,
1: I got my info from interviews and articles by Monroe Dodd, KCHistory.org,
0: and HistoricalCrimeDetective.com. And I got my info from articles for the New York Daily News, the Kansas City Star, KCHistory.org, and the examiner. For a full list of our sources visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are of course ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff and apparently check out caseyhistory.org since we both pulled from Hell there. Yes.
1: <laughs>